This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, June 27, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. What changes are coming now that the feds must no longer discriminate against gay married couples? Quite a lot, given the thousand or so federal rules tied to marriage. Walter Olson, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, evaluates change to come at the federal and state level. In the 13 states plus the District of Columbia that have legalized same-sex marriage, uh, people who are in one of those marriages are going to see uh, big changes to um, the way the federal government relates to them. They will see that in taxes, uh, income tax, where they may uh, have to pay more uh, than they were paying before, or and at any rate will be treated differently, Uh, a state and inheritance tax, uh, as in the Edith Windsor case, uh, anything to do with uh, federal benefits for spouses, uh, military burials and military benefits. Uh, Also, areas people are not as uh, much expecting, like bankruptcy law. Bankruptcy is federal, and that means that both creditors and debtors debtors will be affected by uh, the fact that uh, uh, there's now going to be a couple uh, involved in a bankruptcy rather than a legal individual campaign finance law, because campaign finance law sometimes treats a married couple as a unit for various purposes. Uh, And uh, lots of different areas, uh, uh, it will affect the lives of uh, most people, uh, nearly all people in a same-sex marriage. Immigration also, uh, only minutes after the court ruling on Wednesday, the um, a law firm in New York uh, sent a messenger running over to a courtroom on a deportation hearing where the person was married to someone of the same gender uh, in the United States. And uh, they say the judge looked at the um, uh, new ruling and said that changes everything and uh, that person may not be deported. Can I uh, engage in sort of a thought exercise with you? Let's say you live in Texas and you go to California and get married and then return to Texas. How does the, you, this, you, you just put your finger on um, the biggest stakes in interpreting this, which is do they go by uh, the state of current domicile? Uh, do they go by the state of celebration? And generally, this hasn't had to come up very much for federal interpretation. The Obama administration will be writing the rules on this, uh, and they have sent their agencies out. Uh, They need to do so quickly because there's so much uncertainty. Uh, The Obama administration, one can predict, will be pretty sympathetic to gay couples, and yet there are very important implications in allowing people to um, uh, get a federal status that is different from their state status. Uh, uh, Remember that one of the big complaints before yesterday was uh, uh, the logistical difficulties of being in different status with regard to marriage, federal state. Uh, Open that up to people to get marriages of convenience in a different state, and you reopen uh, that possible uh, set of issues. Uh, States and Capitol Hill and others will want to be heard on this issue. Uh, It even may affect uh, matters what attitudes states take themselves toward out-of-state marriages. Some states don't allow gay marriage but do recognize out-of-state couples. Um, So you've got that uh, very very important uh, for quite a few people at the federal level. I mean, the military is famous for this. Um, uh, If they are being deployed anyway, they can often choose their state strategically. I mean, an awful lot of them choose states for tax reasons, and this will be a reason to choose for, for some other reasons as well. Specifically with regard to California, 
How has the decision regarding Prop 8, what does that change specific to California? Yeah, the Prop 8 decision is specific to California and has no uh, impact on other states. Uh, Because the jurisdiction for the appeal was struck down, the original ruling by Judge Von Walker is left in place. Now, there is some debate as to exactly what that means for California. One way of reading it, urged by some conservative onlookers, is, uh, oh, well, maybe it's only good for the particular couples who were suing in his court, or maybe it's only good in his district, but not in Southern California, which his district doesn't cover. Uh, That is not the view taken by the uh, state of California yesterday. uh, Within hours of the decision, uh, Jerry Brown, the governor of California, and Kamala Harris, the attorney general, uh, were already putting out documents saying that in their view, uh, Prop 8 was unconstitutional statewide, and they expected county clerks to um, once certain preliminaries are out of the way because there is a stay that needs to be lifted. But um, down the road a few weeks, uh, they expect county clerks in all California counties to grant licenses. That leaves uh, the question of the impact of the ruling on uh, the other states that are um, not California and have not legalized gay marriage and in 31 or so cases have constitutional amendments against it. And the answer uh, to start with is that nothing will change. To the extent that the federal government allows people to uh, choose a state of celebration uh, that is not their state of domicile, uh, then uh, states like Texas and Florida will begin uh, noticing, or perhaps they won't notice, that some of their uh, citizens are getting some federal benefits uh, that somewhat foil their state policy. But because they're federal benefits, they may not even notice. Uh, As far as state law goes and state taxation and all the rest, uh, nothing will immediately change. question beyond that is what happens when people uh, finish figuring out exactly what Justice Kennedy's opinion meant, and it's not an easy one to figure out, uh, and begin filing lawsuits based on the principles that they find in that. Um, will federal judges uh, or state judges begin striking down more of these state constitutional amendments, uh, legalizing uh, gay marriage in a state the way the court in Iowa uh, did based on the Constitution. Uh, and that uh, th- you'll hear a lot about that in uh, the months and uh, weeks ahead because uh, it was certainly an issue that uh, preoccupied the dissenters. Uh, uh, Chief Justice Roberts, for example, um, devoted his dissent to saying um, that um, uh, this is a special um, uh, ruling based on, uh, in, in considerable part on federalism and on Kennedy's finding that the federal government was invading a traditional state power, uh, something that had been widely argued as uh, something that should be picking up conservative votes, and, and it probably helped pick up Kennedy's vote. Um, and Roberts cautioned, do not assume that you can carry over this reasoning to instances where the federal government is not trying to intrude into some traditional state area. That would limit the thing, uh, if successful, if people read that, to uh, a point where it would not necessarily overturn any states. On the other hand, you, you have Justice Scalia saying, and I'm paraphrasing freely, uh, uh, you know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to push this logic when another case comes. Um, you know, I've warned them, I've warned them, Scalia said, you know, they never listen to me. Next time, um, you know, you're not, your law is not going to stand up under this logic that has convinced uh, Justice Kennedy and his colleagues. So uh, just to, to uh, reiterate that, uh, we have a situation where uh, Justice Kennedy, who wrote the majority opinion speaking about federalism, essentially argued we need to leave this in the hands of states. That's what federalism is about. But extending that logic 
well, would mean it, that uh, you have let, the federal let me, government. Let me, let, me, let me back up a little bit because federalism was one of the lily pads that he crossed the pond on, but it was not necessarily the most important one. Um, Kennedy has written uh, three in a row all of the major gay rights opinions, uh, um, Romer v. Evans, uh, Lawrence v. Texas, uh, and uh, now uh, uh, Windsor. And uh, his argument has always uh, drawn on ideas of dignity and uh, animus and uh, bad motivation uh, and uh, effectively, although he does not use this sort of phrase, uh, the relegation of people to second class or inferior status because of disapproval. Uh, that's the co constant thread through his opinions. And even though he starts out talking about this is an unusual intrusion because in very, very few other places does the federal government step in and undo a uh, marriage recognized by your state. It, it will do so in, a, you know, you can tick off a few cases like sham immigration marriages and a few others, but by and large, unless there's a very strong federal interest, it does not intrude in this. And that's the baseline for, okay, it's doing something special here. Then he goes on into other areas about, uh, and look at this evidence that there was disapproval and animus, uh, lots of other parts of the opinion. So um, I would say that Robert's reading is hopeful. Robert's reading is an attempt to call people's attention to what he, Roberts, would like to be the stopping point. Uh, and of course, there's a twist there, which is to the extent that you um, agree that that's uh, an important principle, the federal government should not be intruding on states, you might actually get some traction for the other side when it comes to legislation against state constitutional amendments, because the very same considerations of federal government should let states go their own way on marriage law begin to cut in favor of the conservative side um, in some of those cases. Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at his blog, overlawyer.com, and our website, cato.org.